everyone, it's Laura here. This is our second to last This Is Why You're a Single podcast before we are rebranding to just This Is Why. This week's episode is How to Pursue a Crush, and I just wanted to say that we recorded this before we all went into quarantine for the coronavirus, so if some of the stuff doesn't apply, don't worry. It's still going to bring you lots of laughs, and you can take the information and apply it once we are out of quarantine, which hopefully happens soon. Hope you are staying safe and enjoy the episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is how to pursue a crush. That's right. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news. Whelming is the new negging and how long first dates should last. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who has a crush on a coworker and another whose crush is making her question her sexuality. Not cool. But first, Angela, it's just you and I. What is going on in your week? Um, so I mentioned this in passing on a previous episode, but I wanted to uh, do a deep dive on it now. Friggin' OkCupid deleted my profile. Me and uh, they deleted mine and Ian's because we had deactivated them. So, meaning that we intended to return to them at some point. We didn't delete them, we deactivated them. Um, and then we tried to log back in because we wanted to incorporate our messages into our wedding vows. And uh, they're gone. And I found out that after three years, OkCupid. Or two years or three? I think. Mm, you wrote two years. Oh, two. Oh, right. Well, okay, two years, which is even more ridiculous. They delete your profile. That's really fucked up because I don't understand. If you don't delete it and you just deactivate it, you should be able to reactivate it at any point and have all of that information still there. Two years is not that long. It's not. You might be in a relationship with somebody for like four or five years and then be like, oh, man, that didn't work out. Bummer. I'm just going to go reactivate my OkCupid profile. I've got all the stuff still there. And like bada bing, bada boom, maybe somebody you were talking to also got out of a relationship and you're like, hey, remember me? I was talking to you on OkCupid like a few years ago. Like I'm single again. You still single? And like that's just so dumb of them. Like I truly don't – I would love to like reach out to them and find out why. Haven't we had like one of their founders or something on our podcast before? We haven't, but I tried – I know that, you know – we, we do have some people at OkCupid who follow the podcast and, like, engage with us on social media. So I tried tweeting at OkCupid because, I, I don't know, trying to pull some strings. I host a podcast about dating. I think they sponsored our podcast. Maybe that's They what did briefly. And nobody answered me. They don't really have, like, an, a customer service thing like they just have like the FAQ page but it's it's hard to actually like get in touch with so them. So you're trying to get all the listeners to like so start tweeting at Can them? we have like a tweet campaign or something like hashtag hashtag Angel's getting married and she <laughs> wants these messages. It's a long hashtag but let's get it trending. Um t- Tinder Oh recently. that was the hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Angel's getting married and she wants her messages. That's it. That's it's got a perfect ring to it. We're going to do that. But I just want to say Tinder uh, recently emailed me that they were about to deactivate my account. And I appreciated getting the email because when I got it, even though I never spoke to Ian on Tinder, um, I reactivated my account because I was like, who knows? I want to restart I'm not ready to say years. goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're so, you're ridiculous. I just, I don't know something about it. I was like, I like 
having it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, not a safety net, but oh my god, <laughs> it's a it's a social media or it's an internet footprint you that just, I have, and I, I I like to like check in on it. It's every why once in I a while. still have my blog from like twelve years ago, and I haven't <laughs> deleted it. We're just nostalgic people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, at least I still have my Tinder. All right. Well, let us know, listeners, if you can help out at all. Yeah, please. Please help me out. And I'm going to tweet at them again, too, because they never answered my first tweet. Not cool. We're going to get them. Uh, what's going on in your week? Okay. So I mentioned that Nick and I were going to couples therapy. And I have read before that it's good to go to couples therapy when you're not in crisis, just when things are good. And, you know, with having a new kid and everything, I always just want to make sure, you know, this year was like our 10-year anniversary. So I'm like, okay, 10 years is a lot. Let's continue to make sure we grow together, right? Well, the last time that we were in therapy, like things did not go so well. And I kind of became annoyed at our therapist. She's like my age, which I don't really like talking to somebody that like feels like they could be a peer for some reason. I like talking to either like some old lady or actually my personal therapist. I go to a lot of therapy. My personal <laughs> therapist is someone that would be like my friend and it just feels different. She's just like, fucking cool and like and i love her but i don't know for the for couples therapy just feels different i i only want therapists that are older than me yeah i just i feel like i don't know i just lived more life yeah exactly and i just didn't like this girl's really like um like her techniques it was always like so what feelings are coming up you know i don't care about the content i just want to talk about what feelings are coming up. And sometimes I'm like, the content matters. Like, right. Like my personal therapist will let me like, if I'm having anxiety about writing an email to someone, she's like, let's write the email together. You know, I love that. Instead of being like, yeah, I'm having a lot of anxiety writing this email. Oh, what feelings come up when you are writing this email? Like that would not be helpful to me. Just help me write the goddamn email. Action oriented. (laughs) Yeah. And she'll talk about, you know, childhood stuff too. But like, sometimes you just need help with the thing. So, Anyways, things didn't go well, and I just felt like she was, like, siding with Nick, which also I'm not cool (laughs) with. You always need to side with me, bitch, but. (laughs) Right. I need an older therapist who agrees with me on everything. (laughs) I mean, in all fairness, like, you don't need to totally agree with me, but I feel like I did. I was, like, in a really good place with Nick going into the session, and by the end of the session, I was, like, pissed off at him. I'm like, okay, this was not helpful at all. So then I, like, canceled our next session. How How did he feel? Um, he was just like, oh, I'm sorry if I like blindsided you like about like, or I don't know. He, he felt really uncomfortable about it too. And was just like, oh, I feel weird about that. I was like, yeah, you should. Oh no. And, um, so I just didn't want to go back to her the next week and she was going to be away the following week. So I wrote her and was like, Hey, really sorry. Like have to cancel next week. Work thing came up and she wrote me back and was like, I can do these dates instead. I was like, yep, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't work for me. She was like, I can also do, you know, Thursday. I was like, nope. Great. Man, she's so flexible though. That's that is great. <laughs> no, but also it was annoying because I was like clearly trying to cancel because I just like wanted a break from her. Yeah. And she like kept pestering me. And I was like, sorry, the whole week is crazy for me. And then she wrote, I really don't like going, you know, what you write. I ideally we don't want a gap of three weeks, but if that also doesn't work, that's fine. We'll see each other, like, you know. And I was like, oh my God, leave me alone. So then we were supposed to go in two days. And I just wasn't, and I'm just not feeling like it, like just not feeling like I just don't want to talk to her. And so, and then things are getting kind of crazy. Cause like we're like pre-recording this podcast, but like the book launch is happening in the right. next month. I'm like supposed to go to LA, like I have a bunch of trips. So I, I could go this week, but then I would actually be gone like the next couple weeks, you know? 
like I just wouldn't be able to go. So I was like, fuck it. I know I'm not in the mood to see her. And like, we haven't seen her last three weeks. It doesn't make sense to, to like not see her for three weeks and then go once and then take another break. Like, let's just take a couple month break and then I can reevaluate if I want to find someone else or go back to her. So I wrote her a note and was like, hey, you know, Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so sorry, but I'm going to have to cancel um, our session. Wanted to give you the 48 hours notice so I don't get charged because one time she like charged me when Nick had the stomach flu which I thought was fucked up but whatever cancellation policy yeah we've, we've all been there and so I was like just wanted to give you enough notice um the next month is really crazy with work so I think we're just gonna take a break I'll let you know if I'm able to like when we're able to you know maybe start up again and she writes me this note hey Laura CC's Nick because I had not CC'd him which I thought was a little petty well I mean, I guess it's a part of, but I would have told him like, Hey, I canceled, you know? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I whatever. Okay. Maybe you don't think it's petty, which I want to hear a differing opinion. Thanks for letting me know. I have a few thoughts. First, I usually think it's best to be able to discuss taking breaks or ending therapy and sessions together. If you're willing. Second, this is coming at a time after we began to hit on some important things during our last session. So this could disrupt therapeutic momentum. Third, I need to let you know in advance that I can't hold your 10 a.m. slot, and it could be taken when you choose to return. All that said, this is, of course, your choice. I'm so happy for you, Laura, that your work is going so well. She knows I'm full of shit. Whatever. I mean, actually, I'm not full of shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a book launch, but whatever. I'm full of shit that, like, I could make this work if if I wanted, you know? Yes. I'm here for you both, and my door is open if, when you choose to return, provided you're not able to make it to discuss beforehand best now what is your thoughts on this well i will say you are both her patients so it makes sense that she would communicate that information to both of you true okay rather than rely on you it would be like unprofessional of her to just say that to you i guess that's true it makes sense that she cc'd nick um but also she was probably being a little petty when she did it yeah but but also yeah i think it maybe it's that's just like I standard policy. Pro- like, I should have. Let, CC- I should have CC'd thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I I will say as somebody who has struggled to find a good therapist, I it is. I like that she cares so much. Like she cares enough to have a session about ending therapy. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't really want to like because my therapist was we like kind of broke up with each other in a very informal way, and right. I was like, it, it, I had a very like you can't break up with me. I'm breaking up with you feel. So like, I like that. Like it was sort of just handled unprofessionally. So I, I like that she like wants to process. That's true. The I ending guess of therapy. I don't really want to like, I don't think it'd be beneficial for me to like explain to her why I don't want to continue with her. I mean, cause the reasons are like, maybe this is ego or just my own uncomfortability, but I don't like talking about intimate stuff with my husband with like, another girl my age like right I don't like your look you know <laughs> like your look that you like look, your vibe your vibe that you could like be in our friend circle like you know like that just makes me feel uncomfortable I don't like your approach that you're always like what is it what feelings come up for you like, it's just like oh my god shut the fuck up can we talk about content sometimes right. like I find her a little like annoying in that way and every therapist has a different style so I guess totally. you could just be like I don't think this style works for me that's true which i know is easier said than done because 
to yeah. say that face to face with somebody is hard. I guess like why? Yeah. Like how would th- that doesn't benefit me? If anything, I should just be like, sorry, I was so busy. And then I could just like email the group and be like, do you have someone else? Like right. that style didn't fit me. Like, I guess I don't like feel like I want to say it face to face to her. Like, I, like that would make me uncomfortable. And like, is it going to benefit her in the future? I don't think so. Cause someone else could love her style. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe she picked up on the vibe of like, me like you said that she was siding with nick and she wants to like get into like are you leaving because yeah and fuck you i don't want to find a therapist that only agrees with you and that's (laughs) not that's not the total truth (laughs) i just felt like she kind of somehow ended up starting things that Uh, weren't there you know mm. and like i mean i guess there's something to be said about like bringing up things that are under the surface but i don't know i just I was never like excited to go. I mean, therapy is not something I guess you're technically excited to right. go to, but but you could be excited if you're like, oh, this is going to be helpful, and like right. I'm excited to go like deal with some stuff and just like talk to someone that feels like they really care about me and are there for me. And I never felt like happy about going to talk to her. Yeah. And we used to have this like old lady therapist that, but she was like all the way in the city, and that was the only reason we stopped seeing her was because she was too far. And I always felt like really happy about going to talk to her. I felt like I was going to talk to a grandma and I don't right. have any grandparents, right. you know? So how do you feel now about the theory that you should go to couples therapy during like calm times rather than times of turmoil? Do you think that maybe that's not true or you think it was just the wrong therapist? I think this was just the wrong therapist. I think it's super beneficial to go to therapy at a calm time when you, oops, sorry, I dropped my phone. <laughs> um, I think I'm clearly steaming over here. Um, <laughs> Lori just threw her phone. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think it is good because things are always going to bubble under the surface. And so it's better to yeah. like nip them in the butt than wait till they bubble up. Um, I just think this was like the wrong person that was helping us do that. Man, finding therapists is harder than dating. Totally. It really is. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick sponsor break, and then we're going to jump into what's in the news. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Make it yourself. Easily create a website by yourself. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. I know everybody's giving everyone a hard time about how you have so much time. Like, go do that project you want to do. And I have been very much in the mindset of, like, don't put pressure on yourself there's a lot of stress right now. But for me, having a creative outlet has been so healing. So if you are like me and working on creative projects is that distraction that you need, honestly, finally sitting down, putting that portfolio together, getting your website up and going, you know, putting all the pictures in and the galleries and there's so many things you can do with Squarespace. You could put your store up. You can put your contact page. Uh, you could put like links to articles if you're a writer like I am. Uh, whether you maybe you have an art gallery, you want to put the art up. Um, a lot of people are moving virtual now from your stores. Squarespace is a great option no matter what you do. And, you know, maybe now is the time. If it's not, like I said, no pressure. Do this when you're maybe a little like less stressed and sad. But for me, messing around with our this is why the podcast uh website we just did a big rebrand so i had to move from this is why you're single to this is why the podcast and totally revamp our website and make a bunch of updates and it was a lot of fun for me and i really needed some fun and i loved doing it and i just love squarespace i love everything about squarespace yeah and the beautiful thing is there's no rush you can take your time with pursuing your creative project and maybe Setting up your website is like the little toe in the water that you need to get started. It's like a good way to 
ease into things. And it's like Laura said, if you're a creative person or you're, you want to start a business when this is all over, if you're cutting hair, if you're doing nails, if you're selling real estate, whatever, you can use a website to promote your services. Um, Squarespace makes it really easy for you. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have the ability to customize the look and feel of your websites. You can customize the settings, the products, and more with just a few clicks. And they have 24-7 award-winning customer support to help you out if you get a little confused or need any help at all. Exactly. We're big fans and I love their customer support people. Check out squarespace.com. And go to code SINGLE. So that's squarespace.com slash SINGLE for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SINGLE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash SINGLE for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SINGLE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Um, You know, I'm a new fan of Self Magazine, so I was reading Self again, and they had this article about whelming. It says, whelming is the new online dating habit that's making me want to throw away my phone, and this is by Patia Brothwaite. Um, So, is whelming the new negging? If you don't know, negging was that thing. It was like this toxic pickup tactic from the early 2000s where somebody approaches you and instead of just being like friendly and talking to you like a nice normal human, they give you a backhanded compliment and they kind of like bring your confidence down. And then that's meant to make you more interested. Uh, Wouldn't work on me, but. Not me either. it's, It's a thing. But so, I, I can sense I because I read the game yes. and was used to be friends with Neil Strauss who wrote the game and basically like coined the term negging the whole pickup artist thing. I can spot that shit from a mile away. The kind of people who feel the need to use tactics like that are really not the people that you probably want to involve in your life. That and the that people would that willfully like knock your confidence down just to like make you vulnerable and want to date them or not good people and the people that it works on are people with low confidence the kind of thing that works on me are people like i talked about last week like pablo (laughs) yes that are like you are sensual you are so sensual and sultry and like the most beautiful person ever and i'm like oh my god my blood is but like that's the kind of stuff that works on me this like negging and whelming does not work on me you've got to like tell me i am the shit and my and build my ego up so apparently now, I'm sorry to report, there is a new form of nagging that they're calling whelming. Um, whelming is what happens when matches spontaneously lament about how overwhelmed they are by their other matches instead of flirting with you. So uh, the writer said she's noticed it specifically on Bumble because Bumble um, is a place, I guess, where men do a little, get more matches than they do other places because it's women kind of in control. Um, and it's like, you know, you'll you'll be speaking with a guy and he's like, oh, sorry, I'm just really overwhelmed. I'm like talking to a lot of people right now. I'm going on a lot of dates. Um, I'm eye rolling over here. Yeah. So I guess it's supposed to make you feel like you're like lucky to even have their attention. Oh, barf. What? what are, I mean, I guess they're, that works on The Bachelor. Yeah, I guess. And I, so I remember like on one of my very first dates that I went on that through, um, through having met someone online the guy did talk to me about other dates he was going on and I was like a little taken aback but I remember being like well maybe this is just how this works like where we met online like we're both being self-aware about the fact that like we're talking to other people but it really made me feel shitty and 
Uh, so it didn't work on you. It didn't. It made me feel like shit and insecure. And then it took going on more dates with more people to know that, like, for me to realize, like, no, this isn't really the norm. It's like kind of disrespectful to to do that to other people. I think it is. Um, like you can just assume that we are both talking to people without having to like brag about uh, like how precious your time is and how many people you're talking to. Because it definitely doesn't make me feel impressed. It just makes me feel like shitty. So, um, but yeah, the the theory is that it's an ego thing and men want you to know that they've got options. But um, I don't recommend it and neither does the writer of this article. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but I was reading something that might help you with first dates. Oh, so yeah? this is Cosmo. We love Cosmo. An article by Gabby Conti called Hot Take. First dates should only last 57 minutes. And I love this specific this very specific detail. So specific. According to the author, first dates should never be longer than an hour. More specifically, they should only be 57 minutes long on the fucking dot. 57 minutes is the perfect amount of time to grab one round of drinks, sip down one coffee, and figure out if your dating app match has any sisters or not. This is about the same length of a workout class, a boring work meeting, or how long you spend talking to your mom on the phone. Does your hinge match really deserve any longer amount of time than your mom? No, I don't think so. So according to science, you can tell if someone is attractive in three seconds. I agree with that. You don't need to spend, although there has been a couple people I've dated that I didn't initially find hot, but then they kind of grew on me. But the ones I've like really had crushes on, I knew right away. You don't need to spend your whole evening with them to figure it out. The 57-minute rule allows you to have an easy out if you're not feeling it. Tell your date your first date rule ahead of time, and when time's up, you have given yourself the opportunity to exit the date sans awkwardness. 57 minutes is the perfect amount of time someone can comfortably chat about themselves, their passions, and their goals. Uh, It sets up the perfect second date. So if you happen to find yourself on one of those magical first dates where 57 minutes is not enough time, schedule schedule a second. And anything longer than 57 minutes, it's just too much too soon, you know? Um, yeah, you just like, you just don't want to go like over the top. I was famous for my marathon dates when I was single. My dates, even with people that I wasn't that into, were always like three hours. I <laughs> and I don't know why. So many of my friends would do this, but then they wouldn't hear from someone. They'd be like, oh my God, we had so much fun. We went to this bar, then this bar, and then we like went out for drinks and like this. And then I'd be like, wow, you think it was almost like you could never you know, you didn't want to get away from each other, but then, but then it would fizzle out. So this writer says she followed the 57 minute rule date for the entire summer. A lot of guys rejected it. I found it not only efficient, she says, but great um, parameters for meeting new people. Uh, I didn't dread going on first dates anymore. I had a schedule again, which was weirdly freeing, but I'm with you, Angela. My first date with Nick was a marathon. We had like a three hour dinner. Then we went back to my place, played Yahtzee, uh, like went in my room, looked at pictures, Googled pictures of puppies. I read him a poem I wrote when I was 16. Like it was a marathon day and now I'm married with a kid. So, you know, to each your own. But if yes. you do think that this 57 minute rule would help you out, then maybe you want to use it. Yeah. And I do remember on my first date with Ian, even though it was much longer than 57 minutes, I did like we went to dinner, we got drinks. And then he was like, do you want to get a drink at another place? And I like was like, I'm going to go home because in my head I was like, this is going well and I want to go end out on a, good yeah, on a high note and not like go and like have awkward conversation and let it fizzle. And so like, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for like leaving when the time is right. But that maybe it could be longer than 57 minutes in my opinion. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick sponsor break and then we're jumping into the mailbox. 
We'd like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. I take my vitamins, just make sure I'm covered, make sure I'm, I don't have any deficiencies. You know what I'm talking about, Angela? Yeah. And it's not just for that. It's also for beauty. Honestly, I've been taking my hair and nail stuff from That's Care Up. That's why you're glowing. Good feel good. That's why you're glowing. That's why I'm beautiful. Um, and you know what? You might have different health goals than Laura or I. So you go on their website to figure out what you're looking for. Care Up has an easy online quiz that helps you find the vitamins and powders that will support your specific health goals, like improving your fitness routine or managing stress. Care Of is focused on the quality, science, and research that goes into each of their products and recommendations. You take the short online quiz, you answer the questions about your diet, your health goals, and lifestyle, and Care Of will then recommend a list of vitamins and supplements specifically for your health needs and goals. I find it so much easier just ripping open a packet, pouring all the vitamins, and popping them in my mouth than like opening, you know, six different bottles that some have 30 tablets, some have 60, some have 90. I like, well, this one's out, but this one's not. It's like a whole hot mess. This makes it so much easier. I love Care Of. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code thisiswhy50. That's 50% off your first Care Of order. Go to takecareof.com and enter code thisiswhy50. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Okay, first we have a question from one of our male listeners. This question is from Dan, and Dan writes, I'm emailing you because I'm in the throes of the biggest crush I've had since high school, and it's with a coworker of mine. She isn't on the same team as me, but we've worked together on a few projects and have grown really close over the past month. We began talking on the company chat board after hours, whoops, and then started texting each other every day for a month straight before I eventually worked up the courage to ask her out while on a, quote, cross-team coffee walk slash team building exercise, or at least that was the subject of the calendar invite I sent her. Jesus, That's funny. Yeah. He says, Jesus Christ, I'm a total dork. Um, here's the kicker. She told me that she was indeed into me and would date me, but she had a long distance thing with some guy on the other side of the country. I told her that that was totally fine and I didn't want her to feel awkward at work so I wouldn't bring it up again. But since then, we've talked nonstop and have went out for dinner twice. I want to pursue this because we're into each other, but I don't want to be a wedge in her other relationship. I also really want to be the assertive and be assertive and forward about my feelings about, sorry, <laughs> about my feelings for her because I think she's just fantastic but I'm trying to be extremely sensitive because she's a coworker and the last thing I want to do is make her uncomfortable at work. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks and love your show. Yeah, you do have to be really careful when it's a coworker because you don't want to get into any HR issue and, you know, regardless of getting in trouble or not, you just never want to make somebody feel uncomfortable whether you would get in trouble or not. Just be, you know, respectful. be respectful of other mm -hmm. people. I mean, I wonder if there's a friend that knows both of you that you could just ask at work, like, hey, do you know if this person's, like, dating anybody or, like, I, I know, I kind of have a crush on them, but I don't want to tell them because of all the reasons you explained to us. Do you know if they have feelings for me? And you could kind of find out that way. We've also given advice before to, like, go out on group hangs at work, and hopefully you're a person that's, like, in tune to other people's 
vibe and you can kind of tell if they're flirting with you or not. Yeah. But she has, I have to say though, like she has kind of more or less told you no. I mean, she is unavailable. She's in this thing, whatever it is with this other person. That's true. So you've made your feelings known. She knows you're interested. Um, At this point, I don't think there's much that for you to do. Like it's kind of on her if she wants to end things with her other person and let you know that she's interested. But for for all intents and purposes, she's like told you she's unavailable and uninterested. So for you to continue pushing it in any way would be uh, sort of inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Because she said like she would date you, but she hasn't, you know, when this long, my advice applies to after this long distance thing maybe like ends. Yes, yeah. Um, and I think like, I don't know. To be clear. Maybe it sort of sucks, but maybe it's in your best interest to stop hanging out with her if she's unavailable because it sounds like you want more than a friendship and maybe hanging out with her is making you sad and like maybe stopping you from being interested in other people. So maybe like consider cutting down the time that you're spending with her and like look around for other options. I think that's good advice. What else we got in the mailbox? Okay. This one is from a listener and it's signed utterly confused. She says, I go to spin class every week, usually with the same teacher. I can't help but feel like I have a crush on her, but I'm not sure. She's very pretty and is always so sweet to me. When she smiles and says hi to me, I get butterflies in my stomach. We follow each other on Instagram, but haven't really talked much in person, um, but a little bit on social media. My dilemma is, how do you know if you're bi? And should I take a different class or go to a different spin studio altogether? P.S. She's married. Okay. So (laughs) it is her job to make you feel amazing and to talk to you and do adjustments in class and in any other scenario if this wasn't a spin class you'd be like oh my god this person's flirting with me they're telling me I'm amazing and that I can do it all and I can conquer the world and they're (laughs) and they're like touching my back but this is a workout class so you need to make sure you separate between what you think is flirting and what is the job of one of these teachers to make you feel empowered and like pump you up so how do you know if you're bi um I don't know. Is this a girl writing this This about a girl? girl? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're probably bi. And like to be totally, you know, to be totally open, like I've felt this way about like a teacher here and there. And like in my years, I've been like, oh, maybe I'm like 70% straight and like 30% bi. So like, yeah, I would consider or 30% like into girls. So like I would probably consider myself bi, but I'm very like happily married, you know. Sexually fluid. I'm like a very, yeah, sexually fluid person who, who like, like yeah humans are humans i could be sexually attracted to pablo and nick and <laughs> and a cute girl teacher the, and but then but then i'm a not i'm a I'm pablo a, and nick yeah i'm i'm uh i could be attracted to both genders but i'm a monogamous person so um yeah you're probably bi and that's cool um should you take another class if it's like really driving you nuts or you think you're gonna like make somebody feel uncomfortable then yeah take another class um i don't know I guess, are you asking if like this married person's going to cheat on their (laughs) husband with you? Like I wouldn't go there and like open yourself up to the drama, but maybe having a crush on this teacher has kind of awakened some kind of uh, like, you know, sexual fluidity that you didn't know you had. And that's a really cool thing to learn. And you might want to explore that in other ways. I mean, yeah, actually the first time I ever realized that about myself was like in a yoga class, like probably like 
11 years ago with like someone that I saw in yoga all the time. And I was like, whoa, I'm like really attracted to this girl. This is crazy. I see her like every week. Uh, I didn't like make a move. I was just so shocked by it. Um, But it was information. So I would use this as information and, you know, take some time to kind of like think about that and think about how you want to proceed, but not with this married person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not going to give you tips on how to pursue this woman because it sounds like she's very unavailable, but it is great. Like Laura said that you've had this awakening and you realize this thing about yourself. Um, And I, I just, I wrote down, I had, I read this advice column from John Paul Brammer called Hola Papi. And he actually had somebody write in with a similar question about like, am I bi? Like, what should I do? Um, And he's like part of the LGBTQ community. So I wanted to like grab advice from somebody with that perspective. And I thought he gave really good advice when he said that, uh, when you're thinking about what to do and like, are you bi or whatever? He said, don't feel too bogged down by like capital I identity just yet. Um, he says, oftentimes people get fixated on making sure they've got the right nomenclature down before they allow themselves to do anything. So like the gist of that is like, don't feel like you have to define yourself before you pursue these feelings or let yourself have these feelings. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because like, I don't know if someone's like, Laura, are you straight about, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'd be like, I've never had a relationship with another woman. So I would feel, I, I, I don't like to be like, oh, I'm bi. That feels like a weird label well, you that you're like co-opting. Like a, I'm a co-opting a term. Am I sometimes attracted to women? Yes. So I really like this advice in terms of, um, of, in terms of like not worrying about like how you need to label yourself and just thinking like, oh, okay, I'm attracted to somebody of like the same sex. That's just information. And now, and now um, maybe you want to act on it, not with this person because they're married, but maybe with somebody else. Right. Yeah. And, and he acknowledges like, it's great that you want to be respectful and not like, you know, put a term on yourself or label on yourself that, that maybe you don't feel is correct yet. But the only way you're going to figure out if it is the label that is right for you, or if you need to label yourself is by like having these experiences. So like get out there and figure it out. Yeah. We hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have any messages you want to share, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursinglesshow.com. Please be concise, a paragraph or less if you want it on the show. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursinglesshow.com. Now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is how to pursue a crush. Crushes are so fun. They're so fun. Just ask Pablo. (laughs) Uh, yeah, they really do, like we said last week, make you feel alive. Oh my God, I felt so alive in Tulum. And sometimes, like with our, it, with both of our listeners this week and with Laura, your crush might not be available. You were the one I not, was available not available in that situation. I was very much not available, but like it's okay to flirt every now and then if you just use that energy and put it into your own relationship that you respect and that you treasure and that is yes. special. <laughs> Um, but if you are available and the other person's available, like the spin teacher, not available, but if you are available and you are crushing on someone else available and it's not, and they seem like they might be interested, work crush, not available in our, our two yep. email listeners wrote in about people that are totally not available. One is talking to long distance person. The other one's married, but when, hopefully you're crushing on someone that is available and then you can pursue it. Yeah, that should be inspiration to our listeners that do have crushes on available people. Like, you don't have that barrier. You can just go for it. And I can tell you, you're never going to regret pursuing a crush. What you're going to regret is 
not going for it and wondering what could have happened. So um, hot tip, something that I we actually talk, touched on a little bit last week too. Like don't allow yourself to spend too much time fixating on this person because the more you think about it and you like think about them naked and think about like your future together, you just like make yourself feel weird. And then I feel like it makes your real life interactions with that person weird. And then you're overthinking everything that you're doing and you're not just having an organic uh interactions so if you find that you're spending too much time thinking about the crush like kind of snap yourself out of it put a little timer on it yeah I did this with like a guy I had a crush on for a really long time before Nick and I totally drove myself crazy for years um before I moved to New York and then when I was in New York and I really just wish I had honestly acted on it sooner and so that I could have just gotten shut down and gotten closure (laughs) on it that would have really saved me a lot um, Angela put some advice from Cosmo in here that I think is so funny because it's not advice I would ever give, but yeah, maybe they're very bizarre. Maybe you'll <laughs> want to give these advice. So the two things are post photos and on stories on Instagram of things your crush likes. So they might slide into your DMs, activities and music. This seems super manipulative <laughs> and like terrible advice, but maybe it would work. And I would I would add the caveat that it should be something maybe that you both like. So you're not just like totally. Yeah, but then you're going to be so disappointed if you're like, oh, my God, I I took a pottery class because I saw their into ceramics and they didn't slide into my DMs. And what a fucking waste of that $300. <laughs> but But I do feel like I've done things like where... I liked like maybe a movie and I know that the person that I like liked a movie and maybe we had talked about it. So I like would maybe like post like a funny tweet referencing the movie and hoping that they would see the tweet. But like, like, it just feels manipulative and you're going to be so disappointed if they don't. But I don't know. You you will be. But whatever. This is Cosmo advice. So take it with a grain of salt. Uh, And then they say wear the same colors they do. Your crush is totally going to notice that you're wearing the colors they're attracted to. Okay. Other advice (laughs) I would never give. This feels like on what's that Penn Badgley show you like oh my god it just feels like psycho like a little psychotic to me but I don't know maybe you want to try it let us know if it works yeah it's maybe a psychological thing like they love purple so they'll love you in purple I I don't know if there's science behind that there's Cosmo behind it and on that note it's (laughs) time for our reason of the week breakdown Whether you are single or in a relationship, crushes are just a nice reminder of why we're put on this planet to imagine what each other looks like naked. Kidding. Uh, Anyway, there are lots of fun songs about having a crush, and we are going to have Laura fill in the lyric blanks in a game we call Crushing It. Yeah, let's play. Okay, number one. It's just a little crush. Not like I blank every time we touch. Is it like is this like from the early two thousands? I think it's the nineties. The nineties. All right. Um, do I get a hint? Uh, not like I um something I have, that you would do perhaps if you haven't eaten enough food or drank enough water. Um, or faint, get very hot. Faint. Yes. Not like I faint every time we touch. Remember that? It was a good. Song. No. Oh, it was good. It was a good song. Okay. Okay. Uh, number two. Hey, I just blank blank, and this is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe. Um, so call me maybe. Hey, I just met you. Yes. Great Carly Rae Jepsen song about having a crush. Call me maybe. Uh, I just can't get you out of my head. Boy, your blank is all I think about. Boy, your dick. 
Just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think that's a great lyric, but for it's, your brain, it's loving. Boy, you're loving oh, is all okay. I think about. Kyle, so a dick. Kyle, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's okay. a euphemism for his dick. Okay. So you get a half point. Oh, thanks. Uh, that was Kylie Minogue. Can't get you out of my head. Um, next up. She's like, so whatever, you could do so much better. I think we should get together now. And that's what everyone's blank, blank. Everyone's talking about? Avril Lavigne, girlfriend. Uh, Okay, next. You got two more. You got it. You got it blank. When you're on the phone, hang up and you call right back. Uh, Wait, what is it again? You got it. You got it blank. You got it. You got it going on. No. I said that with such confidence. I, I know. Maybe that could be a new song that you write, but this is Usher. You got it bad. You oh. got it. You got it bad. Okay. Um, weirdly, it was hard to find songs written by men about crushes. All my songs are from women, with the exception of Usher. So men need men, to step men, it up. The men don't want to admit when they've got a crush, and it's maybe not. It's not reciprocated. Yeah, their ego. Their ego gets in the way. Yep. All right. So that's a spoiler, though. Last one is by a female artist. If that helps you. Um, Late at night when all the world is blanking, I stay up Sleeping. and think of you. Selena. Selena, yes. yeah. Yes. All the world. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, so good. Um, uh, you did a good job on that quiz. Thanks. I know I did much better than I thought I would. <laughs> Guys, we hope you've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why Your Single Podcast. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. And check out my new book that I wrote called Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. It's very funny. You can get it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and anywhere books are sold. It's the best way that you can support our podcast because we do this podcast for you guys for free. Just buy our books. This is why you're single in Cinderella in the glass ceiling. And that's how you can help. If you love the podcast and you want us to keep doing it, just buy our books. Yes. And the other way that you can help is by buying yourself a little gift from one of our sponsors and using our discounts. So for a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisisbyyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba 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 This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>